0: He will overturn your life right now. He can change your life. He can make you different this minute. He can change you and make you a new person by a revolution that God brings. I will overturn it. He says, I will change you. If you will let me. He helps you to make the change. God will cause a revolution. You pass from death to life. From destruction to eternal life. And let Christ change you. From that moment on, everything else becomes different. finishing a series today if you've missed any of this you will really want to go online and watch it go to the YouTube channel and watch all the messages i just think it's so it's so beneficial for our lives to understand this and really it started at easter that this changes everything it changes everything in our life it changes our perspective it changes our motives it changes it really changes everything about our lives and let me give you the the 2 minute kind of point of this whole thing and every week this was kind of the point we're just talking about different details and that is this that this puzzle here represents our lives our lives are complicated our lives have many pieces to them and as a human being God created us to be full to be healthy to be whole only in a relationship with him We were actually created to be one with God and Him in us, and that makes us full. But unfortunately, every human being, you and I, everybody has said no to God in our life. We have said no to God, we've disobeyed God. For many of us, our attitude was: I don't care what you say, I'm gonna do what I want. And we kind of we didn't we didn't know we were directly rebelling against God, but we were. And the Bible tells us that because of that, There is a piece of us that's gone. Our relationship with God is broken. That leaves every human being with an emptiness inside, a hole inside of us. And we keep trying to fill that hole with other things, but it can only be filled with God and the presence with God. And that's where Jesus changes everything. That when we put our faith, our trust in what Jesus did for us, We are restored. We are restored to a relationship with God. And our whole lives, a human existence, we are trying. We have have needs. We we really do. We are built with these needs in us. And we keep trying to fill these needs with other things. We all have a need for unconditional love, every one of us. So we try to find it. And we try to fill it with different relationships. and We we, we try to manipulate people and kind of control things so that we will feel like we have value, that we are loved, that, that somebody would love us unconditionally. And we try and we try, but we are created to only be filled with a relationship with God. That He, as we allow Him to fill our lives, we experience unconditional love. And that unconditional love from God satisfies this craving, this hunger that we have in life. We have a desire for security, every one of us. And we are looking for, we think, if I save a little more money, you know what, if I, if I just keep a lot of this, if I, if I make sure I have enough, and we're, we're looking for security, even in relationships and security in our life, and, and we're striving for this security, thinking just a little more, a little more. And guess what? It never satisfies. It does each time for a little bit, but it never really satisfies. We, as human beings, are built to only be satisfied in a relationship with God. And as we allow God to fill us, we experience our security in Him. That He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And there's all kinds of these things that in our life that only God can fill. And we keep striving to find it on, everywhere else. And it always leaves us short. This is the point of Christianity. This is the value of putting our trust in Jesus Christ, knowing God, and allowing God to fulfill us in our life. Today I want to talk just about another point in our life that's, that's really a hole. And there are many, but this one is extremely important, that every one of us have a hole in our life. And it can only be filled with God, but we try so hard to fill it in other ways. Every one of us are striving to fill this hole, and we all have this incredible need, all of us, for purpose. As a human being, we we have to have purpose in our life. There's got to be a reason to exist, that my life's got to be bigger than me, and we, we all try, we try so hard to to fill our lives, so sometimes we act like, if I can just stay busy enough, I won't, I won't address, I won't look at that need, but I think every one of us, usually it takes a little longer, sometimes it's not when we're real young, but I think we all, we all sense, when we're quiet, we sense this, what is my value? What is my purpose in life? Is, is there a reason for me to exist? And we, we all have that need. All of mankind and all of history has had that need. And here's the point. Life without purpose is a meaningless life. Life without purpose is meaningless. It's purposeless. What's the point? What is the point? Do you know that this idea of, of, of purpose, that it is a must to our life, they say, and I trust me, I don't know who they are, but they say that it is one of, there are others, there is one of the leading causes of depression in our culture is people's sense of meaningless. There is no purpose for my life. Why am I here? Why do I exist? And it leads to depression if we don't have that purpose. It's also a major factor in anxiety. It's, it's kind of linked to depression, this, this anxiety that we have. One of the major issues for that is this feeling, this, this thing inside of us that has no meaning, I have no purpose, there's no reason for me. It's one of the major leading reasons for addictions in our culture. And it is the leading cause of suicide. Because I think when we get to this point where we don't find our purpose, we don't know. Life without purpose is a meaningless life, so why exist? Why do I keep going? There is no point in this. So I live and I die. I was, I was probably in my early 20s, mid-20s when I was struggling with this or thought about this. Because I was actually thinking about how hard I was working and struggling, young family. And I thought, is this the point of life? that the reason I have a house is so that I can stay alive, warm, and rested. The reason I have food is so that I can go to work the next day. So I go to work, to buy food and a house so that I can go back to work. And like, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be a reason. It's just this, this round circle, just go to work and go to work. So sometimes I try to fill that. Well, well, well I'm going to provide for my family, or I'm going to do this, or we'll do a little more. And so we try to fill this, trying to find, trying to stay busy to try to fulfill this need for purpose and meaning in my life. Viktor Frankl, he was a Holocaust survivor. And I don't have to go into all that. You know what he experienced. But here's what he says. He says, life is never made unbearable by circumstances. No matter how bad those circumstances are, we can all endure that. But only by lack of meaning and purpose. Meaning and purpose makes life unbearable. Lack of meaning and purpose, if we don't have it, life is absolutely unbearable unbearable we can't live we can go through all kinds of circumstances if we have a reason if we have a purpose if there is meaning to what we're doing we can do it we can survive we can make it but when we take away our purpose life has no meaning there is no reason for anything and so we try to fill these things we do we're, we're all trying to fill this and, and we we put we put things in there busyness and all of that stuff. But sometimes what we do is we we temporarily say, and, and, and many, many of us do it. Many of us are involved in it now. My life needs to be bigger than me. I need to be involved in something that's bigger than me. It can't be. Life is more than just about me. And so we volunteer for things. So we get the biggest one is I'm gonna I'm gonna help people. That is a noble thing. That is great. We're gonna help people. Or we're going to get involved in some great humanitarian effort. Why? Because it's this need we're trying to fill. This need that i got to be a part of something bigger. Just yesterday I was in Cambridge at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I saw a group of people on the corner. Now I couldn't stare at them or I would have crashed because I was driving. And, uh, but I did notice, I looked down and thought, oh, there's about a dozen people there. And I noticed a couple signs. So I read one of the signs that they were holding up. And it said, save our planet that's a purpose. Those people, it was a little bit chilly yesterday, and they went out, they sacrificed themselves. They could have been home having coffee, but they didn't. They sacrificed themselves, and they did this because it was a purpose. Saving our planet was a purpose bigger than them, and they got involved in it. And you know, we've all heard there's thousands of organizations, thousands of good reasons for us to get involved in things. There's Save the Whales, Save the Dolphins, Save the fish. I don't know. Save something. We want to be involved in saving something, or and, and there are other causes. And many of us are part of this: feeding the hungry. Hey, we 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 join that. We get involved in that. Why? Because it it helps fill this need that we have to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. We, we're striving for that. And there are some darn good causes. There are. There, uh, this human trafficking thing is, is huge, it's horrible. When I think about it, I think, that is slavery to the utmost. Like, that is a good cause to get behind and say, hey, I can help others. I will make a difference in this world. We want to make a difference. Some of us, it's a legacy. I, I need to, I'm going to leave a legacy. I'm going to live. The purpose for my life will be leaving a legacy. But here's the issue. With so many things that we are involved in, so many things. We get involved because we have a need to fulfill this purpose in our life. But so many of these needs, as a matter of fact, I will say, all of them fall short from our number one purpose. All of them. Because of the shortness of life. For the wise, Ecclesiastes, if you've never read it, read it, you will get depressed. For the wise, just like the fool, will not be long remembered. The days have already come when both have been forgotten. Like the fool, the wise too must die. All of this is meaningless. Let me explain it's a good cause to save the planet so God can burn it up. Okay, I was, that was making fun. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Listen, we have, we have some good causes, and I'm not saying they're bad causes, but they fall short. They do, because if we're going to spend our, our existence, our purpose, is to feed people that are starving so that they can live healthy lives till they're 80 and then go to hell, we've fallen short. My point is this. Our motivation and our purpose for whatever we get involved in needs to have an eternal purpose, not just a life purpose. Do you understand? I hope I'm not being offensive, but in reality of things, hey, listen, everybody dies. What then? Their 80 years of life is important, but their 10 million years of future is more important. Our purpose for existing our purpose needs to be bigger than this life bigger than this planet our purpose the reason that we are a part of God and is to know God and experience God and to draw others to know God and experience God God's purpose is our purpose it, it's the same he's called every one of us to uh, to his purpose his purpose becomes our purpose and there is no greater purpose in this world than eternity and knowing God listen to what the apostle Paul says he says for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose God works in us, calls us, fills us so that we can accomplish and be about His purpose. And when His purpose becomes our purpose, our lives are fulfilled. When when you and I say, hey, you know what? I realize that the reason that I exist is way bigger than me. As a matter of fact, it's bigger than life. It's God's purpose. It fulfills something in us. That when we're fulfilled, it t- this striving, this looking, this trying to find, just goes away in our life. Because we have meaning and we have purpose. And that is God's purpose. God's purpose, as much as He loves us, as much as He wants. Listen, make no mistake about it. God wants you to be fulfilled and have the greatest life possible. He does. But 100,000 times more than that. He wants everyone to be with Him for eternity. He cares about this 80 years we're going to live, but He cares way more about the eternity we are going to live. The importance of this eterni- eternity, heaven, hell, is more important than anything you and I will ever face. It is more important than us. It is more important than this generation. It is more important than the future of the earth. It is the most important thing of all time, of forever. That is where we will spend eternity. I've shared this many times. I'm not going to read the stories. You can read them for yourself uh, in Matthew. That uh, Jesus was very serious. He was very intent, intentional, intense. When he shared with the crowd He told them a story. He said, there was a farmer. He just made this up to get it across the point. There was a farmer who planted wheat in his field. An enemy came and planted weeds. And the the workers came and said, hey, do you want us to take the weeds out? And he said, "No, no, 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 let them grow. And at harvest, we will separate the weeds and the wheat. So at harvest time, they went and they picked all the wheat and they stored it in barns. And they picked all the weeds and they threw it in a fire and burned it. And Jesus said, do you understand what I just said? So he wanted to tell him. He said, there's going to be a harvest day. I don't know when it's going to be. You don't know when it's going to be. But there will be a day of harvest. And on that day, we call it the great day of judgment, every human being will be judged. Those that are right, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, who believed in Jesus, will spend eternity in heaven with God forever. Those who did not, those who rejected what Jesus did for their life, will be cast into the eternal lake of fire. It's not pleasant. I don't even like talking about it. But it will do none of us any good to ignore it. Because Jesus went on and said, "Just just so you get it, he said, there was there was fishermen. They went out fishing. They caught all kinds of fish. And when they brought them ashore, they separated the good fish from the bad fish and they threw them away. And he said, This is how it will be at the end of the age. God will separate those who are right with him because of the sacrifice of Jesus to an eternal glory in heaven with him. Everyone else will be cast into the lake of fire. Forever and ever. Eternal hell. How do we we deal with that? After Jesus told these stories, he said this. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked? I want to ask us. Do you get it? Do you understand in the bright lights and the fast life and all the things we're doing, Do you understand that everybody you know, everybody on this earth, is someday going to be separated by those who believe in Jesus and those who don't into eternal damnation? Jesus said, do you get it? Do you understand what I'm telling you? He goes on. They said, yes, they replied. He said to them, okay, if you get it, listen, that is like, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like, he said, hey, those who get this message, those who believe in me, those, you are like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. What does that mean? Jesus is saying, listen, if you guys tell me you get it, then you're going to be like somebody who owns a house and they are going to go through their house and they are going to find everything new, everything old, all of their recesses. They are going to use everything they have to make sure and tell people about this message. The Bible tells us that those of you who know the fear of God persuade others that if you get this, and I'm not sure, some of us do, some of us don't, but if we get this, if we understand that everybody, no matter how nice they are, how religious they are, whatever, whatever it is, if their faith is not in Jesus Christ and what he did to pay for our sins, they will go to hell forever. My grandkids, I would give my life for them. If they don't put their trust in Jesus Christ, they will spend eternity in hell. My parents, my brothers, my aunts and uncles, my friends, my coworkers. It's been about 20 years since this, this message of Jesus has so motivated my life. Have you ever just drive down the road and just look at the car next to you? Do they know Jesus? They're going 90 miles an hour straight to hell and don't even know it. They're not bad people. They're not cursing God, but they haven't put their trust in what Jesus did for them. And everybody, whenever I'm in a crowd, wherever I I go to the gas station, I can't think about nothing else except, do you, where is your eternity? This life will be over very quickly. Where will eternity be? It is this purpose which God has called us to. It is this that He has asked us to be a part of. That I want you to be a part of this. This is my mission. The apostles, when 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 Jesus first they first started this thing called Christianity, and a lot of people didn't like it. They were telling telling people that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Savior. He was an innocent man. He died on the cross for everybody's sins. Those who believe in Him will never perish. Will have eternal life. And they were drawing people that he, was, he rose again, all this stuff, and people didn't like it, so they were imprisoned. These guys went through it. They all ended up being martyred except one. They were imprisoned. They were whipped, flogged as being whipped, beaten, imprisoned. And then they were told, do not talk about Jesus again. If you were whipped in prison and had all of your stuff confiscated and somebody told you, you cannot tell anybody else about Jesus Christ, what would you do? I'd tell my grandkids. I'd tell the people I love. You know what they said? They said, you must judge for yourself whether we should believe you, obey you, or obey God. But we can't stop telling people about what we know what we've seen what we have heard we will not stop we cannot stop i will die before i stop this is too important this is my purpose this is the meaning i have in life is to tell this message to everybody who think well maybe that's just the apostles God's asked all of us to. The whole New Testament is full of being exhorted to, hey, you guys, sacrifice together. Sacrifice. Hey, this is your calling. Commit to one another. Be about this mission. This is what this is about, that God has called us to be about his mission. We have purpose in spreading this mission, building the kingdom of God, building the church, reaching as many people as we can. Our culture, our world, is mainly going to hell. And what is the Christian doing about it? I know a lot of you are. But you look at our culture and what is the Christian doing about our world going to hell? That's our purpose. We have a reason way bigger than us to live, and to do what God's called us to do. What does that look like for you and I, honestly? What, uh, Kevin, are you saying, you know, that I just need to go to prison? No, I'm not saying. What I'm saying is this. For some of us, some of us should be in full-time ministry. Pastors, teachers, missionaries, evangelists. Some of us here should be. Some, some of us watching online, this is what God want, wants us to do. For our part, this needs to be our vocation. We need to dedicate our lives to it. I've known many missionaries over the years, and I'll tell you what, they, they understand that life isn't about the American dream. They get it. Life isn't about 80 years. Life is about eternity, and they have sacrificed everything you and I know as comforts to be about bringing this message to other people. And... Their lives are full. They are complete. They are not unhappy. They are extremely happy. Some of you, maybe God wants to be a missionary. Maybe God wants you to to be a pastor. He does. Here's the point of this whole thing. Jesus changes everything when it comes to our mission. Our normal way of doing things is finding nice things that fulfill us. And some of them are very good. That's the old way. But the new way, Jesus changes, and that is this. To give our lives in service. That doesn't mean we all have to quit our jobs. But it means we need to be mindful of this all the time. Because here's the point. Because of Jesus being the Messiah, he's the Savior. This changes everything. Everything about our purpose in life. This changes everything about the meaning of life that without Jesus Christ, people will spend eternity away from God and he has called us Christians. Those, you and I, who believe in Jesus, he has called us to this task and it changes everything. It changes everything about the American dream. It changes everything about what we live for. It changes everything about our purpose isn't just about us. For most of us, we're not going to quit our jobs. we got to pay the bills. We're going to do that. But we are going to be mindful of the mission in everything that we do. And we're going to be a part of it. Listen, this is, this is so instructional. This is for Christians and for the church. He says this, therefore, because of all this, he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of what God did by sending Jesus Christ to take the penalty and punishment for our sins so we can be right, in view of that mission that Jesus had, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice. It's easy to die for God, isn't it? Living for him is a living sacrifice. That he's first. He's my mission. That's what life is about. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Oh, I love you, God, and I worship you. The right way to worship God is to be about his mission and about his purpose. It becomes our purpose in our life. And we're all different. You know, if you ask me, what's God's purpose for my life? I don't know the specifics. I have no idea. But I know the general purpose for every one of us, for every one of us is to be about God's mission in this world, to be about spreading this gospel. Does that mean you need to be an event? No. We all have a different part. We all play a different role. It is so logical and so common sense the way he describes it to us. He says, for just as each of us has one body, we can all understand this, as every one of us have a physical body, with many members, many parts to our body. And these members do not all have the same function. We get that. My feet don't have the same function as my hands and my eyes as my ears. We, we, but we, we all have, they all have a different function. We can get that. This The body of Christ. He says, uh, and I have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, we're, we're a bunch of people, we form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. We have different talents, don't we? we? We have different abilities. There are different things we can do. There are different things we like to do. There are different things that make our boat float, right? That we we're, we're all different, but our purpose is all the same, working together for this mission. I love his point here. Dang it, do something. Okay, that was paraphrase. If your gift is prophesying, if your gift is speaking for God, then do it in accordance with your faith. If it is, if it is serving, then do it. Serve, get involved, do something. If it is teaching, then do it. If that's your, Sorry. Do it if that's your thing. You know? Uh, If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. Just do it. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Do, use your gift. Get about being a part of the kingdom, about your purpose. This is our purpose in life. This is why we exist. Why, when we give our when we put our trust in Jesus Christ why we don't just go to heaven is because we have a purpose for living we have a purpose for being here and that purpose can be saving the whales I get it, might be a good one but it better not be the first one it is not the priority all of us have the first priority given to us it is to be a part of spreading the message of Jesus Christ have you understood this Haunts me. I get it. So much so that many, many of you know that two years ago in June, I uh, retired from being the lead pastor of the church. Why did I do that? Look at me. I'm old, okay? But besides being old, I can serve God without that position. Listen, Shaheen, if you've been around church here, Shaheen is smarter than me. I mean, my gosh, the guy's brilliant. He's so talented, and he has so much vision. He's, You know what? He needs to be the leader of this church. But where does that leave me? Hey, this retirement thing doesn't work. If you retire without purpose, you will die. Boy, doesn't that sound like Darth Vader? You will die. I know for me, I don't have to be the lead pastor of a church. I don't have to have a role. But I can't disengage from this mission. If I'm still alive when I'm 80, you'll see me out in the front greeting everybody at the door. Welcome. Come on in. Because as long as I have breath, I will be engaged in whatever I can do for this mission of the kingdom of God. You know why? Because that's part of what makes my life, that we need to be fulfilled. Now there's always going to be issues we're working on, but this is part of being fulfilled is knowing that I have a purpose for living, and that purpose gives meaning to my life. It is God's purpose. Basically, I' to wrap it up with this, because so many of us think, so many of us, we have no intention. We have no intention of being motivated by, by what does, have you understood this? I know I have been. But he says, now you are, you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. You, you are a part of the body of Christ. And you know, I don't, I don't want to be condemning or anything, but What's it going to take for every one of us to get involved in the mission of God in this broken and dying world? Everybody around us, not everybody, most people around us are going to hell. What are we going to do about it? My dad uh, has said something for years He said, in the body of Christ, there are no lone rangers. No lone rangers means there's nobody out just doing it themselves. It doesn't work that way. In a body, you can't take the hand off and throw it out in the street and say, oh, go do your thing. When it's disconnected from the body, it becomes worthless. It comes down to this, and I'm going to be very direct. Your purpose in life Part of the reason you even exist is to be a part of building the kingdom of God with others, the mission of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to live mindful of that. When you go to your job, and you can do any job, when you go to your job, be mindful of inviting people to church, sharing your story. When, when, when you're a, a part of church, being, being here in church. Tell you what, we're, we're heading for summertime, you know, and we're, we're changing the services around. But I, I think of this all the time. Oh, I just think, if we were all engaged in this thing, if we were all working, when a visitor comes, they're going to see, wow, place is full. This thing's happening. There must be some truth here. If they come in and there's 12 of us. It Lose its impact. Where is everybody that believes? When we come in and the place is dirty, but there's, a million, there's a million things to do in this mission. It doesn't have to be done at this church, but it does need to be done with, in conjunction with a church or a movement or a mission. So what are you going to do? What can we do? I know it's inconvenient, I know it vacuums. I I know that you don't want to. You will never be satisfied. Trust me. You can fake it. You will never be satisfied until you surrender to God's purpose for your life. That's it. It's the way it is. Let's pray. Father, I'm so glad that I've understood this. You have changed my life. And I know that we're not all called to the same level, the same job, the same commitment, but we are all called to the mission. There are no sidelines. There are no Lone Ranger's. You, Father, are crystal clear about the purpose that we have, that it is fulfilling our lives, it's part of your presence in us to be about your mission. That is the meaning of our lives. Help draw each one of us. Lord, we don't want to feel guilted. We don't want to feel pushed. Father, I just want you to draw all of us into engaging in what you're doing in this world so that you, Father, through us, will make a difference in people's eternity from hell to heaven. Do your work, Father, through us. In Jesus' name, amen.